we are continuing in our Simplify series. Uh, looking at the idea of Jesus' life, Jesus' teaching, everything that he mentioned, things that he said, things about him. How these things can make all the difference in our lives. They can change the, 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 the chaos that is happening in our lives. This will help us simplify our lives and experience a clutter-free soul. Does that sound good to anybody? Anybody want a clutter-free soul? I would love that. At what cost, right? That sounds nice. This week we're going to lean into the idea that trusting God makes all the difference in our attempts to calm the chaos in our souls. We're going to wage war with worry, if you will, and, and, and find comfort and peace in moments of anxiety, fear, stress, and worry. If you're joining us for the first time, we want to say welcome. My name is Garrett. I get to serve as the director of student ministries here. We are a church in many locations. Everybody here in, in Waukesha and those, those of you joining us on the other side of the screen in Pewaukee or wherever you may be joining us through our online campus. We're glad to be together, to be together today. Uh, I want to start with a question. Uh, and I want you to think a little practically here. Uh, the idea is do you trust easily? Maybe some of you trust really easily, you trust a lot of people, maybe you have a hard time trusting, but think specifically in the context of maybe a trust fall. Has anybody ever done a trust fall before? Okay, yeah, maybe you've been on the, the catching end or the, the falling end. Have you ever been a part of a, of a failed trust fall? Anybody ever, no, you never, have you ever seen a, a failed trust fall, right? There's many ways that that could happen. One is, right, you're supposed to go, can we all agree, you're supposed to go backwards, right? That's the way to go. Most often people, you know, this way, and they're all over YouTube. I'm not going to do it. Don't get any fun ideas, okay? I don't plan on practicing this off the stage or anything. Uh, you can look it up on YouTube if you like. But there's also ones where, you know, you go back and people move. That, that's happened to me. Has that ever happened to you before? That feels like some sort of harassment. That doesn't feel right. That, that's rough. But we all have, maybe in those contexts specifically, a difficult time trusting. And it's not necessarily because I don't know if I could trust the people who are about to catch me. Maybe it's something more within ourselves in the way that we're wired, the way that we trust, the way that we rely on people. Maybe it's linked to our worry. Maybe our lack of trust, our difficult in, in trusting either people or more specifically God is because we worry. We're a worrying people. We get stressed. We get anxious. All of us do, but maybe it comes in different forms. Maybe we have different triggers. We all have different levels of severity. It may hit you at night, 3 a.m., you wake up in a sweat, your mind is all over the place, you can't fall back asleep. Maybe it's 3 a.m. and you haven't fallen back asleep. You haven't even fallen asleep yet. You're the only one awake in your house. Your thoughts are rambling and you sit there wide awake, anxious, making up all these different scenarios. Maybe it hits you after a 2 p.m. meeting, a stressful meeting. Maybe it happens in large crowds. Maybe anxiety and worry hits you when you're alone. It could be constant for you or it could be hinged upon typical triggers like family, health, finances, or even just scary thoughts of the future. We all worry. We all get anxious. We all get flustered and stressed and fearful about things. For some of us, that just may be situational. But I want to speak for a moment to, to those of us who would maybe say, hey, I, I battle with anxiety. It is, a, it is a thing that I 
wrestle with. Maybe for you, you, you would say that a part of your daily self-care is counseling and therapy. Maybe there's, there's medication required that is a part of your daily routine. And I just want to say, if, if anyone has ever told you that that is a weakness, that is not a weakness. That is a lie from the devil. That is a strength to recognize where you're at. Okay, we want to be a community that acknowledges that, that, that sees you and, and, and hears you. And so if I could just say anything to you, if you, if you may admit, if you may find yourself on, that, on, on maybe what we'd say maybe the far end of, of the spectrum of anxiety and worry, you'd say, yeah, I'm really battling that. I just want to encourage you. I see you and I hear you. And we want to be a community that is for you. But the reality is that wherever you fall on this spectrum, we all worry. Whether it's big moments, whether it's overwhelming, or whether it's small moments, we all get anxious. I worry. I get stressed. I get anxious. Over the last year, 18 months or so, I found myself increasingly more anxious, more anxious than I ever have been. I would have never described myself as an anxious person. I have friends who have anxiety. My wife has anxiety, but me, no. I'm, I'm the fun, chill, youth pastor guy, right? I'm, I'm here to have fun, and everything's cool. It's all fine, right? I work at a church, so I'm supposed to be praying 25 hours a day and know all the scriptural references on worry and fear, Yet over the last year, I found myself freaking out about the littlest things, thinking too much on some things that didn't really matter. If I could share with you for a moment some weird quirks. Over the last year, 18 months, uh, I checked my temperature about three times a week, maybe more, because I was so anxious and paranoid about getting COVID. I would just go in and check my temperature. I checked my temperature last week because I got hot outside. I was like, is this it? Is it happening? The other night I was laying in bed, I heard a noise outside, I stayed up well past my bedtime because I was way too paranoid after that. I'm thinking through all these different scenarios that could happen. My wife and I, we, we want to have kids, we want to start a family someday, yet oftentimes when I think about that, it is also paired with tragic thoughts or me getting to that point of being a father and realizing I actually have no idea what I'm doing and I might actually be bad at this. I worry about money really the lack thereof, I guess. I worry about the kids, the students in our ministry, the ones who come regularly, and especially the ones who haven't been in a long time. I worry way too much about what people think of me. And I don't even want to get started on how every time our plane hits turbulence, I have to reach over and grab my wife's hand because I think this is it. I get anxious. I worry, maybe you're like me. Maybe you're like, dude, this guy's weird. I make up scenarios. I jump to conclusions. Oftentimes I get too emotional. And if I'm being quite honest, I don't always go where I should when I get worried. Maybe that's you too. Maybe for us, right, we all have different places that we go. The question I want to pose for us is, is where do your eyes wander when you get worried? When you get worried, when you get flustered, when you get anxious, where do your eyes wander? Where do you go? Where do you, where do you put your energy? Where do you, where do you give your time? Where do your eyes wander? Maybe for you, you look to something that will satisfy. 
You're just looking for a quick fix, this, this quick emotional high, something that'll just numb the pain for a moment that you can forget about everything that's going on in your world. This could be sex, money, food, whatever it is. It could be anything that you're just looking, hey, I just need a quick satisfaction, a moment of satisfaction, a, a brief moment of escape. Maybe you suppress. Maybe you just disregard it as a whole. You avoid it. Uh, maybe you often find yourself saying things like, I'm fine. It's fine. It's okay. No worries. We're going to be good. While really all you're doing is bottling up these things, not prepping for the great explosion that is bound to happen. Maybe for you, you just shut down. <laughs> You're done. You can't do anything. Lock yourself in the room. Lay in bed. Turn off your phone. Ignore everything. I can't even, as the phrase would go. And while I understand that we need a safe place and we need time to assess our emotions and sit with our, with our feelings, and, and, and maybe sometimes this is good to just shut down and take time, when we focus solely on that, we don't allow the proper time to dedicate nurturing of our soul. We miss out on opportunities to take care of our soul. Maybe for you, you just stare. <laughs> Maybe you get so caught up in it that you just stare at it. You get worried, you get anxious, and you're just locked in on what's stressing you out or what's got you fearful, giving all your energy to this thing. Maybe so much so that you've even found comfort in your anxiety, that this has become your new normal. And you can't focus on anything else. Where do your eyes wander when you get worried? Maybe it's one of these four. Maybe it's something that I didn't mention and you're thinking of it now. But I want us to, to ask that question honestly. Hey, where do I go? And the question then to counter that would be, where should we go? Where should I look? What, what should I set my eyes on in moments of anxiety and fear? I've been wearing glasses for about 10 years now. I was having headaches in class, so mom took me. Yeah, eyes are bad. Got to get glasses. I remember uh, my first day, I got my glasses, and uh, I, we went to the grocery store. Immediately following uh, the doctor appointment, they handed me my glasses. I put them on. I go to the grocery store with my mom, and we're walking up and down the aisles, and we walk through the snack and candy aisle. And everything was insanely bright. Like, my eyes aren't that bad, but, but in that moment, I was, like, seeing in high definition. I was like, holy cow, what color is that? What shade of orange is that? I've never seen that in my life. It was unbelievable. I felt like Charlie Bucket and Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. I thought Oompa Loompa was about to jump out and start dancing. Everything felt so bright and so colorful and so lively. And it was really just these little glasses that I had, that I now had to wear. And really, I only wore them in class because I was kind of self-conscious of how they looked on my face up until 2017 for a while. I was only wearing these in class. And then in college, I... I met this girl who was like, hey, I kind of like your glasses. You should wear them more. Haven't taken them off since. And I convinced her to marry me. So I think it was a good idea. But here's what I'm getting at. Our vision matters. Our vision matters. What we set our eyes on, especially in times of worry, matters. It is vital where our eyes wander in times of worry has profound impact on our emotional and mental health. 
And so for some of us, maybe this sounds a little, this is a little easier said than done, but maybe we need to remove the lens of worry and instead replace them with a lens of trust. And I know some of you are like, dude, that's, yeah, cool, cool line there, buddy. That sounds good, Garrett, but really? Just remove the lens of worry. But really, if we get in these moments and we can set our eyes on certain things, say, hey, this is where I need to go. When I get anxious, when I get worried, I believe we can find this simplifying, calming chaos, calming the chaos in our souls. So we need a, a new prescription, if you will, for when we get anxious. We need a new vision. We need a new lens. We need a new place to look. And so... At the risk of sounding self-helpy, I want to give you four places that you can look, if that's okay with you. Throw you just four places that you can go. Four places that, that you can set your eyes on when you find yourself in moments of anxiety and worry, stress, and fear. The first place would be to look within. To look within. Philippians 4 verse 6 says this, do not be anxious about anything. We'll pause there, right? Many of us, we often read this scripture and we immediately think, great, can't be anxious, can't ever get worried, can't ever get stressed. It's now a sin to worry because that's what the Bible says. Hear me in this. If anyone has ever told you that your worry, your anxiety is a sin or that it makes you less spiritual, that's a lie from the devil. Again, right? That is not the case. I love how Max Lucado, he, he points out this word be in this phrase. Do not be anxious about anything. And he points out that that word be, this, this whole phrase, it really is written, uh, it's written in Greek and it's written in the pat, present active tense. The, this continuous uh, state. Greek is written in different tenses. And so when we read scripture and we can, we can understand the different tenses that certain things are written in, it can kind of help us to understand, hey, what, is, what does this be, mean? Is it, is it referencing something from the past? Is it, is it talking about a previous action? No, this is talking about a, a, a present active. So it's a constant state of being anxious. That's what he's saying. This is, this is constantly being anxious. So this verse is not saying you can't get worried. You can't be afraid. You can't be anxious ever. That's not what the scripture is saying. What it is saying is that that is not your identity. This should not be our constant. This is not who we are. We are not defined by our feelings and emotions. We are not defined by our anxiety and worry. It reminds me of the, the dad joke. Maybe, maybe you've heard this one. Uh, can you help me out? Can we participate together in this? I'm going to say go, and you're all going to say I'm hungry. Okay, ready? Go. Hi, hungry. I'm dad. It's so bad. It's so bad. I, 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 I don't get it. Don't raise your hand, actually. I don't want to know if you've ever used it, but we'll pray for you. Um, here's the thing. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm dad. It's not your identity. Right? And in the same way, what Paul's getting at when he writes this in Philippians, he's saying, hey, do not be anxious about anything. Don't, 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 be, don't let anxiety overwhelm you. Don't let it be your constant state. Why? Because it's not your identity. That's not where your identity is found. And so that should not be your constant state. That's not where your emotions should derive from. Instead, he wants to encourage us. I want to encourage you, church, that we are children of God. We are loved, redeemed, chosen, called, purposed, seen, and heard. We are made in the image of God. He sees us and he cares for us. You are a precious gift to this earth. You're not a waste of fresh air. 
That is your identity. And so when we talk about worry, when we get anxious, would we start from a place of identity? Would we immediately look within? Because we know who we are when we know whose we are. We know who we are when we know whose we are. When we understand, hey, I I belong to God. He cares about me. He sees me. That is where our identity comes from. I love how Jesus puts it in Matthew 6. He says, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious, there it is again, about your life. Why? Well, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value? Than they are? He's saying, I take care of the birds. I'm going to take care of you. You get anxious, you get worried, I know. It's okay. Don't you know how valuable you are to God? He dresses the lilies. He, He watches every sparrow. How much more does he love you? Second place for us to look is to look up. To look up. How many of us being honest, our immediate response, our immediate place to go is to God in prayer. We get anxious, we get stressed, and we're immediately like, yep, I'm going to give it to God. Or maybe we go somewhere else. Philippians 4 continues, it says this, right? Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Paul's writing this letter to the church of Philippi, and he's writing it from a prison cell. Paul's sitting on on maybe a a hard floor, he's wet, he's cold, he's he's starving, maybe his ankles are chained, and it's in this setting that he decides to write these encouraging words. Hey, don't be anxious, but instead, go to God and be thankful. Like, really, dude? Like, (laughs) look at yourself. Like, read the room, bro. Read the cell. Like, this isn't really a fitting context to write this letter. How is Paul able to write this? How is he able to say, don't be anxious? He's not suppressing his emotions. It's because Paul knows that the goodness of God is not contingent upon our situations. He knows that the faithfulness of God does not rely on how my life looks, good or bad, broken or whole. God is faithful. God is good. Those are constant facts, regardless of the situation that I find myself in. So Paul understands, hey, it is better to give my energy to praising God than to feeding the monster of worry within me. Because in every season, while it's hard to believe many times, God is good. And so when we get in moments of anxiety and moments of worry, will our knees hit the ground and our eyes hit the sky and go to God in prayer and thanksgiving when we get worried? Here's why. Because he's much more capable of carrying what you're going through than you are. Much more capable of carrying it than I am. He's way stronger than I am. And so would we not be a community? Would we not be a church who, who comes in on Saturday or Sundays or, or maybe checks in online and you join in and immediately once this service starts or once you walk through the doors or log in, you check all your baggage, you check all your stuff at the door. You go in, you have this cool moment with Jesus. You're like, yeah, nice, whatever. 
only to pick your stuff up on the way out and carry it back out with you. But instead, would we be a people who come in and we bring our baggage, we bring our worry, we bring our fear, and we lay them at the feet of Jesus and say, God, I can't carry this. I'm actually not strong enough. But you are. You are good. You are constant. Here is what I have. Would we immediately go to God in prayer? Would we look up? Third, I want us to look out. To look out, to, to look for community, look out at, at people that we have around us, people that we can trust, people that we can seek advice from, people we can find comfort and peace in, to look for community. Maybe you have that, maybe you don't. We want, we want to help you find community. The, the encouraging thing about this scripture is that Paul is writing the, the, the letter, Philippians, it, to a community of people. This whole book, the whole book of Philippians is written in the plural. He's not writing it to this individual person, expecting an individual guy to, to read it and go, oh, that's good stuff. No, no, no. He is assuming that a community of people are going to read this letter of encouragement about not being anxious. A community of people who celebrate with each other in the highs of life and hold each other clo- close in the lows as well. That's why we value groups so much. That's why we value community. That's why we value life groups like, like Alpha and, and Rooted. Because we believe that there's power in sharing your joys. We believe that there's, there's power in, in carrying your burdens and carrying your struggles. There's power in just simply sharing a meal together, having a game night, sitting out by, by the fire, texting each other during the week. There is power in that. We, we don't want you in community so that we can just check your name off a list and, oh, good to go, we got them, you know, <laughs> who's next, you know. We want you in community because, honestly, at our core, we believe that it'll change your life. We believe that being with people, that when you're going through anxious moments, when you're worrying, when you find yourself fearful, peace can be found in community. Peace can be found in a gathering of people. So may we be a people who fight the epidemic of loneliness and anxiety together as one people coming together. The last place that I want us to look is to look back, to look back. I want to go to a story in the book of Mark real quick. We, we touched on this actually a few weeks ago. Maybe you were here. If not, that, that's all right. But it's the story of the disciples who found themselves uh, in a storm. They're sitting in a boat and all of a sudden they're in a storm and everything is going uh, haywire, right? But moments before this, I want to just kind of rewind a little bit. Moments before the disciples find themselves in a storm, we have this incredible scene. There are, are thousands gathered on this field. It looks like a festival. And they're shoulder to shoulder all listening to this guy, Jesus, tell stories and give good advice. And they're all hanging out, tons of them. They're getting hot. They're getting tired. But they're having a good time listening to this dude, Jesus. All of a sudden, the sun is, is coming down. And, and they realize, man, we haven't eaten anything all day. So people are getting kind of grouchy. They're getting kind of hangry, right? They're hungry. And they're, they're looking for something. And so the disciples, Jesus. 12 followers are like, hey man, like these people are hungry. We should probably get them out of here. And God's like, no, 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 let's, let's feed them. And so in classic Jesus fashion, he steals a kid's Lunchable. 
and it's, uh, it's like two fish and, and five loaves of bread. And he's like, yo, this will work. And, and, and they start feeding all these people. And, and they're walking around and they're delivering food and fish and bread. And they have fish tacos. And it's a great fish fry. It's a good time, right? And all these people are eating. And this is what it says in, in Mark 6, 42. It says they all ate. That's everybody there. The thousands of people. They all ate and were satisfied. So they were full, right? It's not like they were like, oh, Jesus, you, you got any more of that fish? Like, no, they, they ate enough. And... Look at this, they, the 12 disciples, this is who he's talking about, the disciples, and they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And immediately after this, they all eat and the people start to fall into a food coma. Jesus gathers his people together. He's like, hey guys, I want you to head to the other side of the sea. I'll meet you over there. Hop in the boat. Let's leave these sleepy people. I'll meet you over there. And they get in this boat. They gather their stuff. And all of a sudden, a storm hits. It starts to get colder. It starts to get louder. The waves are splashing into their face. The boat is rocking. These guys are getting anxious. These guys are getting worried. The only thing matching the heights of the waves to the heights of their anxiety in this moment, they are freaking out. They don't know what's going to happen. It's dark. They can barely see a thing. And it's in this moment. As the waves are flying by, as they're, they're just locked in on all these things. Maybe, maybe in that moment they're looking for something that will satisfy Maybe they, they just want to shut down. Maybe they just can't keep their eyes off it. Maybe they're suppressing. And, and maybe you got Peter like, it's fine. I'm fine, really. It's okay. But inside, they're panicking. They're worried. I want to remind them to look down. Because at their feet, if we're immediately going from the story in the field, then sitting at their feet would be a basket of leftovers. That proved that the last time everyone was worried, that the last time everyone was fearful, that the last time everyone didn't have enough, that God showed up. And there is a basket of leftovers of fish and bread that says if he did it before, he can do it again. And they need to look at their feet. And for us in moments of anxiety and worry, we need to look back. I say, man, my family shouldn't have made it to that. My business shouldn't be to that. Right now, I shouldn't be here today. But the goodness of God, the, the breath in my lungs is a gift of God. This moment, every moment is a gift from God. Would we look back? Do you want peace, friends? Do you want to simplify your life and calm the chaos in your soul? Do you want encouragement when you find yourself in moments of worry? Like the disciples need to look down, we need to look back. And remind ourselves of the goodness of God. Psalm 116, verse 7, a verse that I have said over and over to myself over the last year. Almost every day says, be at rest once more, O my soul. Why? For the Lord has been good to you. 
He has been good. He has been faithful. It is a part of his DNA. That's who he is. The Bible said that, that God's promises do not return null and void, nor is he a man that he should lie. But he is trustworthy. He is true. He has a proven track record. So when I get anxious, when I get worried, when I get fearful, will I cling to the one who has provided for me before I may have a million problems and a million things to worry about and stress about? But I have one basket that reminds me of how he provided for me last time. I may have one thing that I can cling to and say, God, you, you did it here. Maybe, just maybe, you'll do it again. Maybe, just maybe, I can trust that he is who he said he is. We need to look back at the faithfulness and the goodness of God and remind ourselves that he will be faithful. Hear me in this. He will be faithful. And if not in this life, then in the next. If not in this one, because here, here's why. Our hope is not in a healthy, wealthy, and prosperous life. Our hope is in a loving God who welcomes us home with open arms. A place where we are not captives to stress and anxiety. So it may not happen right now. The storm may not cease immediately. But the good news of right now is that God is present in your worry. And it may not take it away. And I know that may not be the answer you were looking for today. But the good news is that he sees you. The good news is that he hears you. The good news is that he wants to be with you. The good news is that we worship and serve and we know, I know a God who is good, who wants to sit with us in the rocking boat of anxiety and fear. The story continues as the disciples are sitting in this boat. Mark 6 goes on. After he, Jesus, had taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of night, he came to them. See, where the disciples were on the sea, and where Jesus was praying on the mountain, he had a direct line of sight to his friends. And so while they're in this moment of worry and panic, while their eyes are locked in on the waves, Jesus' eyes are locked in on them. So friends, let me remind you that when you get overwhelmed, when you get worried, his eyes are locked in on you. He sees you. He cares about you. And not only that, but he comes to you. And I love that it says the wind was against them. But I know that if the wind is against me, if anything is against me, he's for me. And if he is for me, then who or what can be against me? Maybe you're in a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've been following Jesus for a while. Maybe you'd say, I know Jesus. I've been living this out. I want to encourage you that you would be reminded in moments of anxiety and worry of his goodness and of his faithfulness, that you would be reminded of whose you are, that you are a child of God, 
Maybe you'd say, yeah, I'm not really a Jesus follower. I don't really do the, the church thing. You know, you're a little skeptical maybe, and that's fair. I, I, I get it. I understand. Maybe you're, you're, you're taking your time to figure all this stuff out. I want to just remind you, or maybe tell you for the first time, maybe you never heard this, that, that we don't worship a God who tells us, hey, you, you better fix that anxiety. You better fix that worry. He invites us to a relationship. He invites us to peace. He invites us to experience this transformation in our souls that'll simplify our lives, that'll calm the chaos, that'll, that'll calm the anxiety and worry. There's an invitation to say yes to peace. There's an invitation to say yes to Jesus. In a couple weeks, we've got our, our baptism weekend. And we want to invite you, maybe you've never made this decision and maybe the decision was made for you when you, were, when you were younger. We want to invite you to take that step. It's not figuring it all out. It's just coming as you are saying, God, I don't know. I don't have it all figured out. But God, I'm going to take this step and I'm going to trust that, that, that you'll help me figure it out, that you'll walk me through this, that you'll sit with me in the rocking boat in the storm, that I'll find comfort in knowing that you are with me. We're going to sing a a song to close, and this song, it declares the goodness and the faithfulness of God in our lives. It declares that, man, if he's done it before, we can trust that he'll show up again and again and again. And in this moment, I want to invite you to be honest with where you're at. Be honest about what you're anxious about right now. Be honest about what's got you dreading tomorrow morning. Be honest about maybe what you left at the door. What's got you so worried, so fearful, so anxious. And simplify your life by submitting your worry to God and receiving the peace that he offers. Let him restore the chaos and return your soul to a place of comfort and rest. Would we trust fall into his loving arms? I want to read Philippians 4, verse 6, one more time, this time accompanied with verse 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, God, we thank you that while our storms are real, that while our anxiety, our worry, our our feelings are real, and they're big, God, man, they feel so big. God, we also understand that you're good, even when it's hard to see, even when we don't understand it. So God, I pray that when we find ourselves in situations where our worry has completely taken over us, God, would you step in, would you overwhelm us with thoughts of goodness, with thoughts of joy, God, would you overwhelm our souls and restore them to a place of peace? God, we'd be reminded in those moments of whose we are, that, you, that we matter to you. How unbelievable is that? That God, you see us. 
despite our mistakes, despite our brokenness, despite the things that we've done, and despite the things that we're going to do. Scott, in this moment, I pray that we would be a trusting people. That as we go, God, that we would not let worry get the best of us. That we would wage war with worry. Would we set our eyes on you? May your peace cover us and surround us. We thank you, Jesus, for your gift. In Jesus' name, amen.